Welcome, dirty peasants, to episode 27 of the Wartwood Gazette podcast. This week we'll be covering Amphibia Season 3, Episode 3, Tie Feud and Adventures in Cat Sitting. I'm your host, Thumbaticon, and joining me today, we have King of the Uzbeks. Yes, that's Lemur. Hello. Pixels. Hello. And Nick. What's up, guys? All right. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, last week we had the... I forgot the name of the YouTube channel. They did a they did an autograph signing slash Cartoon Universe Cartoon Universe Q and like Q and A panel. They took some questions from the chat. Uh, they also just talked about the show in general and also, uh, I guess, behind the scenes stuff. We'll probably cover that near the end of the show. Uh, was there any other news articles? or any other news that we got this week? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was just the whole interview last week. Yeah, I, think, I wasn't I think there. Outside, so. I think outside of the virtual signing event with the q and uh, not much or when it comes to Amphibia news this week. Okay. So I think we can go into... Um, the first segment of episode three, Tie Feud. So I'm just going to open the credits. So Tie Feud was directed by Jen Strickland, written by Michelle Cavan, and storyboards by Silver Paul and Alexis Swanson. So the episode starts off at the planner, planner kitchen. Uh, Mrs. Boonchoy is serving breakfast to the planners and Anne. Uh, sp- uh, Polly and Hop Hop are very grateful. Uh, Sprig kind of just uh, <laughs> my notes have him as uh, being a bum, but uh, oh he kind God. of just it's not he kind of just <laughs> he just kind of just waltzes in into the place, kind of makes a mess, yeah. eats from the pan, uh. and just in general not being very uh, respectful, not a very good guest. Yeah, I, I felt embarrassed for him because it's just a yeah, I felt embarrassed watching that. Like you have Polly who's like half his age, acting respectful, saying thank you for the food, and then you have Spring waltzing in like a like an idiot. Yeah, like Hop Up has like napkin too. <laughs> and so basically, like Mrs. Boonchoy is not happy about Spring's behavior, but she doesn't she doesn't say anything. She just gives Anne that like. The typical look. Yeah, the look. And then basically and then basically when she goes off screen, like Anne and Hop Hop and Polly pretty much like uh give Spring that talk about needing to like act appropriately. And then Sprig mentions that he thought he could be like kind of comfortable, like more like he could he, that he could just like act the way he did because they're all family, but then Hop Hop brings up like just because Anne is a planter, that doesn't mean Sprig's a boonshoy, and uh, Sprig kind of realizes like the error of his ways, and just kind of mentions how he wanted a bigger family. It's, he didn't. He still doesn't have like an idea of the dynamic yet, or the dynamic between the planners and the boonshoys hasn't re- reached what he expected. But the planners and Anne are 
uh, understand, like, are reasonable about it. Uh, so then Anna's about to go help uh, Mrs. Boonchoy at the restaurant, and then Sprig asks to tag along and kind of make up for his mistake this morning. Uh, so then they leave. They tell Hop Hop and Polly to research getting back home, but uh, they're, just, they're just watching movies instead. So we get to the restaurant. Sprig is in the kitchen with Anne and Mrs. Boonchoy. Mrs. Boonchoy tells him just to kind of just sit off to the side and drink some tea. <laughs> and Sprig's not happy being a guest. He wants to be like a member of the family. And then then we hear Ned, uh, pretty much the Boonchoy's uh, restaurant super fan. He walks in. Uh, he brings up how he got a food truck during the time that Anne was away and has it parked outside. And he wants to have a partnership with Miss, with the Boonchoy's to, uh, I guess, sell food on the go in a food truck. But Mrs. Boonchoy doesn't want to give up the family recipes to him. So he decides just to stay parked outside and wait until she changes her mind. So <laughs> Mrs. Boonchoy brings up how, like, because the food truck's out there, it's kind of con- confusing customers, as we saw with that one that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much has like a mental breakdown. <laughs> he cried. Yeah, which was broke. which? <laughs> so then, Spring gets like the that. Spring gets the idea of uh, taking care of the problem, <laughs> but uh, and uh, and kind of catches on to this quickly and just tells him not like, don't try anything, but uh. This being Sprig, he uh Is it anyway? Yeah, he, he tries to uh fool the, the customers for Ned's uh, food truck by like claiming that his food turned him pink, but that only uh, encourages that one guy to, much to Sprig's dis- dismay. He starts calling them idiots. And then <laughs> <laughs> we see Anne cleaning up and she's like looking out the window. You can just see Spring like yell calling the like the mob <laughs> a bunch of idiots. So oh, then Mrs. Boonchoy have to like drag him back inside. And then Mrs. Boonchoy is about to lose her about to lose her patience with uh Sprig, but then since he's a guest, she just defaults to yelling at Anne instead. Sprig is once again kind of uh let down by this mm-hmm. since he wants to experience I guess the family scorn <laughs> so then that only emboldens him to uh, uh, go bigger with his scheme and even before that Anne's like telling him again like I get it she gets his motive but just tells him like to cut it out but he doesn't so then it cuts to, even- to the evening uh, Sprig is like sneaking his way into the truck uh, writes a note pretending to me pretending to be uh Mrs. Boonchoy telling him telling Ned that she'll give the recipes to him. So while he's distracted, he breaks in and uh I, I don't know what he was going to do. He was just somehow going to trash the car because he wanted to ruin this guy's livelihood. That's what he literally says in the episode. Time and then to ruin and, a rough man's livelihood. Yeah, and then and then Anne, when she's throwing up the trash, she sees Sprig in the in the truck, and then she interferes. And then they get in a quick like, quick fight before they accidentally hit the uh, the dry the gear the gear shifted to drive, and the food truck just rolls off. Uh, 
Ned and Mrs. Boonshoy have a quick like scene about confusion, and then Mrs. Boonshoy realizes that like it was Sprig who's plotting this. And then by the time they get out, the truck's already <laughs> already like got away. We get this quick like I don't want to say it's a chase because it's basically them. Just, it's not like them yeah. like losing control of the truck. A bunch of gags like through the road, like the turtle, and then like we think we're they're about to hit that ramp. But then they just like smash through it. <laughs> so they end up like a skateboard park and then eventually like after doing like a when when they slap it like do you do that like sliding trick down the rail, they they eventually like crash. And then we get the uh I guess the resolution of the episode where uh Sprig takes responsibility for the incident and he just wanted to be like a member of the family, and then Boon Choi, like, eventually, like, comforts him and just, like, men- she just kind of realized that she shouldn't have treated Sprig as much of an outsider since she knows, like, how much, like, Sprig and Anne meet to each other. And at the same time, we have, like, Ned realizing that, like, he was kind of doing the same thing as Sprig in terms of being, like, forcing himself into a dynamic and then he eventually like gives up uh, asking the planners for their like for their Thai recipes. But then Mrs. Boon Choi offers him like a part-time job, I guess, like doing deliveries, and he's happy about that. So the episode pretty much ends with like Sprig thinking that like everything's over until Mrs. Boon Choi starts like scolding him. And then he like he <laughs> he's actually happy about that. Because that means he's part of the family now, and then... What a crazy episode. The episode pretty much ends with, like, Mrs. Boonshoi regretting what she just, like... like regretting what? letting him into the family, I guess. And, and that was... And that was Thai feud. Oh my so, uh, god. So, I guess, like, my thoughts... This was an okay episode. This was a fun episode. This is pretty much our... Uh, mandatory sprig trying to fit in somewhere and then going absolute bonkers trying to <laughs> trying to complete the mission <laughs> and uh i guess the the reasoning for sprig i think here is a lot more i think a lot more acceptable for me like re- instead of like cracking mrs croker where he just wanted like mrs croker to like him for no reason and then even yeah. like caravan of desire he was trying to get that random theater kid to like him. At least, so at least in this episode, like the like the reasoning of Sprig just wanting Mrs. Boone tried to like wanting to be like the son that she never had. Basically, like I can see the I can see where the desperation comes from, especially what we've seen in the past about Sprig. Uh, and after the rain, family. and yeah. after the rain, after yeah, the rain, popping mall, stake yes. out. It really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Been through a lot. <laughs> yeah, because when you really think about it, it really does nicely recontextualize a lot of those episodes. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it does make me want to, like, look more fondly upon Cracking Mrs. Croker because now you just understand, now you really just understand where this comes from, right? Like, that lack of affection that Spring had in his life. Like, he's trying to overcompensate for it. Yeah, and I, I like how in this episode, and kind of was not. 
you could kind of see like Anne had to like struggle between like looking after Sprig and doing her own own thing as well. Yeah, so like I, it's kind of understandable that she was she wasn't as like she she wasn't as pa- she was patient with Sprig, but like eventually she had like a limit, and then it was just Sprig who kept uh uh Sprig who didn't like stop yeah. his scheme. Yeah, I, I'm just really glad they only kept the two different like, like you know, two different moments where you try to screw Ned out and screw Ned over because I feel like, I feel like it's harder to like really sympathize with Sprig if there's a montage with them trying, you know, right? If there's a montage with them being devious, even so, they're funny and they're like, yeah, they're good scenes, but like, it, I feel like they usually make it harder to sympathize with Sprig. So that's why I'm just glad we only they only really only kept it at two different scenes where. He, you know, try to mess with Ned, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess, Lemur, what, what were your thoughts on this segment? Well, like... Unlike... Well, to start off, like, unlike like some of the episodes you guys mentioned, like, Cracking Mrs. Croker and Caravan of Desire, um, this episode has a lot of similarities to that. Cracking Mrs. Croker especially, with the whole Sprague wanting... Uh, Wanting attention, other thing, and that, and that's basically like his biggest flaw because we we've discussed uh, a lot about Sprig's character in the past and how he's like he's not, and we come to the conclusion that Sprig, like Sprig, never really changed a lot in this series for the most part, but it's not a bad thing because despite being stagnant and not really having a lot of changes he never really has to change because what he is now is kind of perfect for him like yeah he's he's a kid but like he's a kid that does a lot of good stuff for the most part like he like he he became good friends with Anne. he's done he's has a girlfriend and like he's he is he is now living a life of adventures. Like he really doesn't have to change. But we all also agree that his biggest flaw is his want for attention. And in the past, like yeah, it did grind. It did grind on the audience's gears about that. Like just this trait, <laughs> this trait really made Sprig annoying for some viewers. But the revelation. In Hopping Mall, where we learn about um, Sprig's Sprig's parents' fate, along with After the Rain, it does make it does made that trait of it, this flaw of his, more understandable. And it and you know, yeah, it it contextual it contextualizes a lot, which I think and I think that really plays into this episode's favor because. Yeah, like again, we've seen from this episode that Mrs. Boonchoy is like the closest thing that Sprig has to having a mom. Because yeah, he may have that before, but she he never really remembered his mom. Mrs. Boonchoy is like yeah, Mrs. Boonchoy is the closest he has he has ever gotten that he can remember to having a mom. So. Having so him being a desperate, he him showing his desperate side to get 
May's attention is very understandable, and I like that. And for, for the mo and that's like the and that's the emotional crutch of this episode because, yeah, I mean, still, yeah, he is annoying, but like, and even, and even, yeah, he gets annoying, but like even then, the characters and characters in the story, like Anne and Mrs. Choi, they acknowledge that. They acknowledge that what he is doing is annoying, and like, to me, that's also the reason why I don't find him as obnoxious as other episodes like this. Like uh, once again, cracking Mrs. Kroger because their Sprig does get his comeuppance by the end of the episode with Mrs. Bujoy scolding Sprig, and like, and it's, and I don't know we're advancing a little bit ahead, but like I. I really like that in Adventures of Cat Sitting, it does seem like Sprig did learn his lesson by taking good, by his actions. That episode, yeah. I, all sorry. I can say is that. Sorry, are you gonna? Say oh, this? No, sorry, sorry. Go on. No. Well, what I was saying is that I really like the like the story, the the crutch of the story, like the emotional, uh, the. Yeah, the core of the story, which is Sprig's desperate need to have that affection from from a maternal figure. Just again, it's not only consistent on his character now, but it's also a test on his character as well. And outside of that, the, the, I mean, the jokes here is great. Like. We thought what we thought was a car chase in the trailer is actually a could is actually a desperate need to control. We all kind of thought it was yeah. the FBI. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, but it basically it's just trying to control and control a vehicle. Like, and then you know the ramp. We thought that they're gonna jump off a ramp, but they crash instead. Like, there's a lot of some, there's a lot of expectations that has been subverted in this episode, and I like that a lot. Overall, while I think that this episode does have its does have its flaws, it's still a very solid episode, and I think, and I think this episode uh, does a lot more than most people give it credit for. All right, thank you, Lemur. Uh, Pixels, what, what were your thoughts on the episode? It was a really fun episode to watch. It gave me like a big city green vibes. It did. Yes, Sprig did not commit an arson. He did Grand Theft Auto. It was still fun. I love that scene. Compromise. Yes, I love that scene where it was. There's that ramp. It, it looked like the truck was gonna go hit the ramp, but it didn't. It like like went through the ramp. <laughs> that was a pretty funny thing to do. Um, um, sh shout out to uh, on 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 Brownlee because she kind of she nailed those. Is that on or on? On like on turning on. Oh, I said on Brawley. She did. She did a really good job with the lines. Yeah, like I kind of. She sold it pretty well. Um. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, Sprague was, you know, he was trying to do his best, but we have to also remember about we had to learn about what ha- we have to learn about what happened to him with his mom and stuff, and what like all that stuff. He wanted he wants that he has pop pops there, but I feel like he wanted the like that real parental figure in his life, and May is probably May was probably the closest thing to that. But that's just me. So, yeah. All right, thank you, Pixels. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's Pixel? What were your thoughts on the segment? I liked it. Um, I agree, Sprig. What happened there was very in character. This desire to be included. This desire to be a family. Although I do hope at some point he acknowledges that Hot Pop did a good job raising him. Um, like I said, he was a little annoying. Um, I... That's fine, so long as we don't see this be a reoccurring issue for Sprague in the future, especially with regard to the Boonshoy parents. I found Ned annoying, and I get that was the point of his character, and that other characters were annoyed with him. But it was a little much at times. So, like, when Polly just straight out, straight up told him that he's not part of the family? I'm not sure why you just brought that up, but... He did just say, yo, no, not like that. <laughs> I mean, like... So, yeah, like I said, it was in character for Sprig. I liked Miss Boonshoy in this. I hope we get some more scenes, like the scene where she was rocking out in New Normal. Just, you know, so she's not always such a stick in the mud. Um, that, I would like to... Sorry, it I would was, like to point out. unfair to end this episode, and they never really acknowledged that. Um, like Anne's doing her best, but like she's not the one doing stuff wrong. You gotta address the problem, even if it's a guest. I like the chase scene. It was a little obvious CGI on the truck. Um, Lemur, I'm sort of echoing through you. Um, I enjoyed. The scene at the end where they, you know, it's cute and get along. I think it paired well with cat sitting, which we can talk about later. And yeah, I liked it. Um, I really liked the music. It had a nice little Thai flavor to it, if you listen. Yeah, especially during the tra- the chase, I think. Yes, it had a nice little Thai flavor to it, which I thought was very good on the part of, I guess, TJ Hill. It's always solid. Um, yeah, so like I said, I enjoyed it. Thought it was fun. Um, so long as it stays sort of the only one where it's ri- another Sprig gets into trouble. And there's a lot of Sprig episodes in this season 3A, so I'm hoping we get some good development and not just some repetitive stories. Yeah, I hope it's more like more variety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in a Spider-Man parody, so I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm looking forward to yes. that. There, there's a Spider-Man. Yes. There's a there's a man parody and Sprig's birthday, which oh, yeah. would probably be a very important episode for his character. Yeah. Yeah, Spider Spray, of course. Spider Spray. Okay. <laughs> Even um, more than Sprig's birthday. Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> I was right, yeah. right, right, I'm Peter, just looking forward to that episode. <laughs> 
It, I, I know. It's fine. <laughs> it's just, I never would have thought they'd make an episode where they smoke Spider-Man. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Uh, not there yet. Watch it, like, <laughs> barely be even in the episode. Like, barely even spoof. Oh, God. <laughs> it's all It's all about the, or, uh, all about, like, the origin story. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Also, I would like to point out something that I think um, might be a little interesting about Mrs. Bluejay's character. We've seen we've seen her be Shrek for like every other character, like Anne, Anne Sprig and the Planters, but like so far, the only person that she's like a little le- little more loose to is Mr. Bluejay, which again well, makes sense. But like, yeah. yeah, I know they're husband and wife, but like. Yeah, it's, it's. I feel like, I feel like she would have been a little more. I feel like she would, she would showcase a little more of that um, strictness with Mr. Bluechoy. But I was, I, I am pleasantly surprised that like she's not. She she hasn't. She's a little more casual with him. Which again, it's adorable. Which okay. That sounds a little bit hypocritical if I can speak, but yeah, I think it's pretty cute. But then I guess I'm just a little I guess I'm just used to cartoon moms being yeah. most of the time, you know. Yeah, and I know what you mean. Being, yeah, I know what you and mean. being yeah. and being condescending towards the husbands. It's nice to see a husband and wife on the cartoon that actually, you know, are chill with one another for the most part. Yeah, because it's usually what? like the the really dumb, goofy dad and then the super strict Mom, right? Mom, like, um, yeah. yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the fact that it's giving them like actual, actual character hair. Like, they aren't just like stereotypes or anything. And I, and I like that they're not, they're different people. Like, a lot of times, parents when they're not a focus character early on, you've just like got two generic mom and dad characters who are basically one character together. But here, yeah. they're separate. Um. Like I said, and Matt mentioned this in some of the preseason interviews. Like I said, it was unfair of her to treat Anne their way this episode, and she's clearly still very tense about this whole situation, like calling Spring Pink Frog, even though she knows her his name at the end. Like clearly, she's still working through some stuff, and I hope that they address that maybe in Temple Frogs. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Please. A nice introduction and fits with it, what Ian has talked about before. Also, it's nice to see uh, each of the Bunchoi parents get their own spotlight in the yeah. pairing. Yeah, these two episodes, they did like a really solid job of establishing yeah. their characters at their point. At like their point, personalities. The yeah, their personalities and the relationship with the planters and Anne. Like, I think from what we can see, like, Mrs. Bunchoi, like, she's. I think she's tolerating the planters really just for Anne. I think that's why, like, anytime one of them screws up, she immediately turns to Anne and tries to throw all the responsibility onto her, even so, even so Anne has nothing to do with it. Like, I, I'm not going to say that Mrs. Boonchoy, like, or I'm still saying Mrs. Boonchoy, May, whatever. Like, I'm not going to say, like, she dislikes them, but, like, I think she, in a way, she really does want all this to be over. Like, the planters still being here, they represent the fact that Anne was gone for five months. Like, they're a constant reminder to that. So I, I can't 100% blame her for, like... You know, I can't even, I can't even blame her for being mad at this episode. Like, Spring literally waltzed into the kitchen, jumped in her fridge, 
Drake hot sauce. He was rude. <laughs> like, was rude, but like, I think I think it just sort of highlights that like. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's still she's pretty getting through things with them. She was pretty friendly with uh, Polly and Hop Hop though, because they were like behaving and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's just and yeah, they were not... guests and guests respecting their guests is important, mm-hmm. as we learn the in the second episode, or at least in Hop Hop's view. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's. I feel like for with May, like she only snaps if someone just steps out of line, just just. Just yeah. by, even by, even by law. I think it's just the fact that, like, yeah, they're being cordial that made it easier for her to interact with them, right? Like, they're just like this. Just I feel like there's there's definitely still this sort of barrier or boundary between her and the um between her and the planters that I guess Sprig has sort of worked through somewhat right now, but he's definitely still not there. Even so, he wants to call himself a Boon Troy. Like, I, I'm not seeing it yet. Like, he he has to still wait. Yeah, I I appreciate that these these two, th- this pairing is like the first step of making the Boon Choice and Planters be like a full family. Which is, which I think would be like the end game when it comes to the relationships between and by the end of the season. Yeah, yes. these were just, these were just two really solid episodes. I feel like they, yeah. everything yeah. they set out to do here, they did a great job dealing with, like. Yeah. yeah, they've definitely, I think, found their stride with the Earth episodes. Yeah, yeah, it really, yeah, these two, like, they just felt like I watched, like, two highly quality episodes back to back. Like, right? I feel like this is, like, final thoughts in, like, the middle of oh, final thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Oh, you never asked me for my thoughts. You never asked me for my thoughts. Hold on. Uh, I'm just like, <laughs> I just I mean, we're still that. talking about, we're still talking about, like, Aunt, uh, Aunt Miss, uh, Ty Feud. Yeah, Ty Feud. And, like, more, more specifically, May yeah. in her role in the episode. Also, yeah. Uh, shout out to Miss Brawley, Mrs. Brawley, who Yo. if you would have told me that she's like she's a newcomer, I wouldn't really believe I, you. Because... Yeah, you can tell. Yes. Yeah, there was like some like some points where you could kind of tell like that on Brawley was oh, like wow. experienced like voice actor because like I know. Yeah, I, like I, I'm yeah. like I'm not too like. It's like, your tone. I'm not too like picky about it because I know there's like that one scene where. After Ned leaves, like there isn't like there wasn't like a pause in between sentences, but that's just me like like my brain just like noticed that, but I don't I wouldn't it's it wasn't too big of a deal because like her yeah, the rest of her uh, delivery was yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, like her tone I, is pretty it is good. A little, yeah, it is a little noticeable that uh that she's a little green when it comes to being, but like. Yeah, but for a newcomer, she's doing a pretty solid job. And granted, this episode isn't, like, too emotionally, like, crazy, so yeah, I'm not... Yeah, we... you also have Matt's tweet about how he directed his mom for scenes like this? Yeah, having her imagine him as, like, yeah, a like, five-year-old yeah, breaking like, something. Yeah, like, saying, alright, I'm five years old, and I just broke a lamp. Go read your lines. Oh, man. I think that's where she, the tone she, comes into play. She yeah. has that she has that Asian mom energy down. <laughs> well, she is an Asian mom. Yeah, she is an yes. Asian mom, but like it, it is very authentic, and I'll give I'll give the show credit for that. Yeah, she's translated that well into the show. I mean, it was just I'm just I'm just really happy that Matt actually went in and did something like this. Like it, it just yeah. adds a whole another layer to Amphibia sort of being like a personal story for him. Yeah. 
oh, I, I kind of like, like I'm, I'm kind of getting away from the my May, May, May Brawley, not May Brawley, May Boon Choi talk, but like I like that real that very first scene where uh, Anne is pouring like orange juice and like Polly's just like fascinated by it. Whoa! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like sitting on like a t- a pile of books. We oh, yeah. Three uh, sci-fi references in this episode. We had yeah, Quantum, like Quantum Leap. We had Star... Star... What was it? Star something? Yeah, it was Stargate was the parody DVD, but I forget what it was. And then one of the guys said, oh, this will help me with my Star Trip. Star Trip. Star Trip. It was Star Trip. And he wanted to get pink skin. So, some fun. There's also a in Ned's uh, wardrobe. There's a Gravity Falls uh, Easter yep. egg in his shirt. And he was listening to the original theme song. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just really fun. Yeah, Ned. Yeah, speaking of Ned, like all around, I just he was a really fun introduction to his, like into the show. I did fun. not. I, I didn't expect Wayne. Like if if Wayne Knight was going to voice him, I did not expect it to be Ned. Nor did I expect Ned to be an actual character in the show. But like. He was just a really great. He was just a really great. Uh, should I say introduction? I don't know, but I don't want to say it. But like, yeah, he was just a really great, like, really great character in this episode. I, I sort of liked how he paralleled Sprig through it. So mm-hmm. that was pretty great too. Yeah, and uh, especially Wayne Knight's uh, vo- Wayne's Knight, Wayne Knight's voice like lends itself really well to uh, voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really like the I scene where he's broke be down. Our first uh, introduction to. The townies, like it's weird calling cow, uh, the people of yeah. LA townies, but we'll go with that. Yeah, this is good. is gonna, yeah, Nat, yeah, citizens, I guess. Nat is our first citizen on on season three, and we're gonna meet a lot more. And I am very excited on how he and the others will play a role in the future. Because both of you do a show play know, a role this, in the future. The, yeah, we all know that the show loves their townies slash citizens, and like. I really do think they're going to voice at least a little more in the future. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Anyways, King, what do you say? In it, I don't think he's coming back in any major role. Yeah, like, maybe like a cameo or something. Yeah, but probably just not with the just voice. for that sweet callback. Like I, I'm kind of refusing to call uh, Ned uh, like an official townie because he wasn't in the intro. I just want yeah. Doctor J. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. first yeah, townie. Yeah. That's just, that's just yeah, me being like <laughs> that's just me being. I mean, I mean, he's not like a like a like a main townie, but he is still a townie regardless. Yeah. It's also just pretty nice how he's connected to the um to the Boon Choice too, right? Like he's known he's known Anne since she was like a baby, basically. Yeah, like they show her like mm-hmm. they show the photos like Anne's a lot younger in those like past photos. But that sucks. So like, imagine having that history of the Boonchoys, but then like you're not even a main townie. You're not even a main townie in LA. That's too bad, man. Anne was happy to see him because you know, like she hasn't seen any people she knows for months. Yep, five months. Which, like, I do feel bad for Miss Boonchoy. Like, your daughter's dead slash missing, and this dude's just pestering you to open a food truck, and you're like, what the hell? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, when you put it like that, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that, that's, that's what, that's what makes it. It says several weeks, and Anne's been gone five months, so it wasn't like immediate. But like, my man, 
Also, don't sink your money into the food truck if the person you're going to get uh, isn't willing to give it. Yeah, that was a <laughs> move on his part. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was not a good business strategy. But yeah. at the end, at, at the end, uh, May kind of said, "Hey, how about you do deliveries for us?" And that was that was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked how it all got resolved in the end. But no, but uh, White Light was so good in that last scene, though, where he was just breaking down, crying. Oh, this this is a gross appropriation of your culture. I'll just show my way out. Just disappeared. Um, but yes, which was fair. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's all I have to say. I don't want to drag this on too long since we still have cats in it. Yep. And like, there was that one weird like guy who ordered noodles. Like he didn't even like. Yeah. The the way he just slurped everything up was like so disturbing. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. he does it twice. That's what that's what bothered me more. Yeah, he did do it twice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was like a hippie too. He, he was yeah. a hippie character. I don't even know. It, it's it's sort of like, it's sort of like with the I mean, because didn't that one vendor guy say <laughs> people go crazy for these noodles or something? I don't know. Because right, like yeah. they saw the he saw what the planters did. They just shoved their faces into the soup. Yeah. Those noodles are delicious. They're delicious. I guess when when the planters do something like that, I just find it like funny. But like when I see like a human doing it, it's like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> and Sprig's disguise, like. <laughs> Like his first disguise, not his first disguise. Like with like, the can feet. Yeah, the can oh, yeah. feet. Like uh, <laughs> no one noticed that. <laughs> I noticed that. Man. I didn't think it was a that much of a big deal, to be honest. I mean, I guess maybe that's like just the fashion, and it's just height. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, I guess it's LA we're talking about. Very weird. I guess that explains why that guy was so accepting of Sprigs. But yeah, like, right, yeah, he said he saw Sprig had pink skin. He was like, "Oh, cool! This should totally help with my audition or something, right?" Like, like, what, what, what did he say? I also forgot. This will help with my uh, uh, next audition for Star Trek. Oh, like, okay, he wants yeah. to play an alien on Star Trek, and so you know, pink skin makes you look like an alien. Okay, so we got. Oh, we also got the uh, that that plasma TV screen scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> where like, I, I know some people may like reference Gravity Falls, but like it's, it's kind just... of like a it's a common trope. Like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But I just like how like it was so ridiculous. Where like <laughs> <laughs> the truck was able to like, I don't know how like how many stories into the air just happen like just all just everything leading up to that yeah. scene I, I just found hilarious yeah and just like careful it's like a son to me and then like he calls it junior after it gets smashed junior like <laughs> that was great that was great oh especially like uh Anne brought up like her experience in Wario Kart and I like how 
Super ramp, Mario Kart. Yeah, Super Mario Kart. And I like how, like, the ramp didn't stop the truck, but the turtle, like, crawling, like... The green shell. It was a green, the green shell. Yeah, the green shell basically, like... Like, stopped the, the food truck, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, I just thought... It didn't I don't know move. That was... that was so funny to me, it didn't move, it just stood there. Yeah, the, the shell just stood there. And then the truck just like did like a 360 flip. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So god, what a bad what a crazy, crazy episode this was, and I love it. And yeah, it's even and even like the skateboard scene and then like Spring using his tongue to make like a hard left. Oh yeah. I was just thinking like drifting like the drifting memes. <laughs> I don't know. Initial D, just gas, gas, gas. <laughs> and like even like that detail of like the truck doing like what's it called when you slide along the rail, like the Gertie or whatever. I'm Ollie. I think at least in skateboarding. I don't know that much about grind rail. Uh, I don't know. I think it's called Ollieing or something. Uh, ollieing, that's what I'm saying. I think it's ollieing. I don't think that's what that is, but alright. Um. Yeah. So. So yeah. I think. I think we got most of this episode down. I think we're going to move on to. And we said our final Avengers thoughts already. <laughs> so. Yeah. Pardon? I said we got our final thoughts in before, so. We could just go yeah. straight to the next episode. <laughs> Much. So I think. So up next we have Adventures in Cat Sitting, which was directed by Roxanne Cole and Kyler Spears, written by Todd McClintock, uh, storyboards by Drew Applegate and Eddie West. So the episode starts out with like with Domino waking up in Anne's bed, just doing doing cat things, I guess. And then, like, sliding downstairs to, into the back and leads to the backyard where all the planners are hanging out. So, Anne is like researching like, a way, like, she's researching like a way back home. She's looking through like science magazines. And then we have Hop Hop and Polly just like, just like lounging while like Spring is like kicking a ball. And Hop Hop's kind of commenting about how like, like how he's never gone like he's never gone to like relax like this in a long time. And he kind of brings up how like guests like after a couple of days start becoming like <laughs> irritating. And then Hop Up mentions, Oh, like we've we've been here for two days. Like after the third day we gotta start pulling our own weight. And then Sprig brings up that they've actually been on Earth for a week. And then this like troubles Hop Up because then he feels like he feels like they're freeloaders now, and they they make the reference to uh, Cousin Stanley, where we get Cousin this Stanley. quick cutaway, <laughs> these cutaway screen caps of like them trying to like handle their own guests who may or may not even be related to them. <laughs> there is so much pain. I love every second of that montage. <laughs> ending. Especially the ending. Yeah, especially when they toss him out the window. <laughs> the first family kill of the planter family. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. Yes, I, I choose to headcanon that as happening like two days before Ann showed up. 
Yeah. So it's like, oh, <laughs> I already had stuff in the basement for someone to sleep on. And that's why she had to start doing chores so quickly. So then... <laughs> so then it cuts back to Hop Hop, like, wanting, like, that the planners need to... Remember that line, I... Where, did he ever kill a man, Hop Pop? <laughs> that's the man! <laughs> that's the man! Sprig knew it! Sprig was complicit. Sprig knew it! <laughs> he didn't say anything. <laughs> Okay, family kills don't count. <laughs> they're they're just uh, so whatever. It was, it was a team effort. <laughs> but uh, so it cuts back to Hop Hop wanting to uh, wanting to like do something like to help the planners out, not planners, help the Boon Choice out with something so they don't feel like they don't feel like freeloaders basically. And then at like that exact moment, Mrs. Boon Choice comes in and then mentions how she needs to take Anne for her. A dentist appointment since she probably hasn't been brushing in amphibia much to uh like Anne's like Anne's refusal to like Oh sure she has a winter jacket just in her backpack but, but she never toothbrush not toothbrush or toothpaste. Well to be fair like Oh she did ha- she did have a toothbrush I think in best yeah. Fronds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but there's no toothpaste so Yeah, yeah. but like yeah, I mean, you could always. It's it's not about the pace; it's about the abrasiveness. <laughs> sure. But uh, so, like, Aunt Aunt mentions that she needs to take Domino to the vet at the same time, but then Mister Boonchoy can't do it either because he has to go to the restaurant. So this is like the perfect opportunity for Hop Hop to so, volunteer himself and the planners. Expecting a. F- 13-year-old girl to take the bus through L.A. on her own to the vet's office? Well, I took a jeep. Well, we took jeep. I took a jeepney when I was 14, so when, when, on my first year of high school, so yeah, I, I think so. L.A. bus. Uh, well, I guess if the plan was originally for her and her mom to... Never mind. Continue. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, no worries. So, like... So they like the planters pretty much volunteer themselves uh, for the task, and gives them the address. Mister Boonchoy gives a burner phone. I, I don't think it's a burner phone. I think it's just a regular phone in case like something happens. I just said burner. I just said burner. Oh, Polly said burner. Yeah, he jokingly said burner. So then they all head out. Like Mrs. Boonchoy, like throws Anne into the into the van. Mr. Boonchoy goes on, like, the, the moped. So we're left to the planners, like, with their, like, with their mission. So first they try to, uh, first they try to get Domino into the, uh, into the cat carrier, and we just, we don't see it, we just hear the, uh, the trauma off screen. <laughs> Other than, like, Polly, like, trying to like she tries jumping on domino when he's in his like when he's in his uh or when she's in her perfect like spot in the sun which is a really bad idea but they learned their lesson they try to take the bus they try to uh learn from the other passengers but i noticed they didn't tap on but whatever (laughs) they get on the bus but then they don't realize that I'm guessing this bus was like faster than what they expected, and like Hop Hop uses his tongue to like hold on to like to grab everyone and hold on, but then he ended up licking everyone at the same time, so they get kicked uh, out. So then we get this like quick montage of them like 
traveling through the town, not town, through the city. Uh, eventually, after like a lot of walking, they get to the vet. Oh, and on the way, they had like they encountered like a giant heron, which wasn't so giant. Quote unquote uh, heron. Yeah, like it was a heron, but like not a giant. Yeah, it was a giant. Right. It was just like regular sized heron. Mm. Uh, they get to the vet. Uh, they're uncomfortable uncomfortable with all the other pets inside. Spring encounters the frog. Uh, the human frog. I mean, wait, no, not human. The, the regular, the regular frog. <laughs> regular frog that is human uh, frog. Is, yes, yeah, that is normal. So the doctor does the checkup for Domino. The planners make him uncomfortable by asking a bunch of uh, frog questions that aren't related to human yeah. frog biology. So then eventually, the cop uses like ants, like. I guess uh, he he used like the the code word not code word just like the distraction of like what was it man I sh- I sure could use some coffee oh my god he used it like three times and love it I like it never to... works which I liked I yeah that's the thing it never works he just means to look like an idiot <laughs> so they head out but then they don't notice Polly getting out so then when they're like walking like. When they've already started walking, I don't know how far. Only then do they realize that like Domino's missing. So Sprig and Polly, or Sprig specifically, thinks they should call Mister Boonchoy. Hop Up doesn't want to feel like like they Hop Up still doesn't want like to rely on their help. He wants like to like get this accomplished by themselves. So they search around for a little bit, but then eventually, eventually Sprig tries. He successfully calls Mister Boonchoy, and then like Polly like. Like, like headbutts hop up into like this into the cage. Oh my god! And then apparently this has happened in the past because Mister Mbuchoy immediately knew that Domino would head off to like the nearest shawarma store, shawarma place. And then like sure enough, Domino's there. Like, just uh, damn! Like ignore ignore all the health safety violations. She, like she's just like scratching like the the meat the meat cooker <laughs> but uh hop up eventually like hop up eventually like emulates like a smoke alarm so that that distracts everyone while they go outside Polly and Sprig head in to grab Domino Polly uh basically just rolls up into her original form which is just pure sphere <laughs> Just to just to distract Domino as like a ball of yarn. So then eventually they grab Domino. Uh and then at the same time Mr. Boonchoy shows up and then they all just head back home. And Hop Up is very uh like Hop Up's like not happy that they had to like rely on him, that they feel like a bunch of freeloaders. But then immediately, like, Mr. Boonchoy, like, stops the moped and just, like, points out that, like, they're the, they're the ones who looked after Anne for five months, and, like, they don't need to, like, prove themselves to the planners. And, like, he even says, like, they'll never have to, like, owe the, owe the Boonchoys anything ever. And that's, a real, we have, like, a really nice, like, like, sweet moment between Mr. Boonchoy and the planners. And then eventually they all get home, 
Anne comes back, she's on the anesthetic from the uh the dentist appointment. <laughs> Got like five cavities and a bunch of cricket eight, legs somehow eight, still stuck inside. Eight, eight cavities. Eight cavities, oh Man, my high as a kite. She oh my god, loopy like fruit loops. Yeah, so then like <laughs> the, the episode pretty much ends with like and just being loopy. I find the it planners, funny. Sorry. Yeah, the, the Boon Choice don't want to deal with Loopy Anne, so they leave, and then mm. the episode ends with uh, Anne being high and Domino licking their uh, <laughs> their part, right? no. their their their, you know, their exit hole right in front of us, and that's Avengers uh, <laughs> Cats sitting the X hole. I was gonna say, I find it funny that Anne went to the dentist because she played a tooth as a, she played a tooth. And oh one goodness. of the school plays. Anne is gonna lose a tooth. And I am the tooth. That's the truth. <laughs> that's I find it funny. Oh my gosh! She's losing an arm. She's gonna lose her teeth. Oh my gosh! That's the next angsty idea. Brilliant! I'll have to update my art. Get working, fan artists. God. So, yeah, I thought this was a really, like, a really nice episode. Like, honestly, I think this was the, I guess, stronger episode of the two because this was pretty much the first time we've had the Planner family like interact without Anne since maybe, since probably like best Fr- not best friends since Anne or Beast. So it was really right. nice to see like, to see like this part of the family just like interact off one one another, especially in like a new, whole new world. Without Anne's like without Anne's guidance. Alright. Oh my god. <laughs> and they they oh even mentioned god. that like the planners have only been on Earth for about a week, but like they actually managed to handle like handle themselves pretty well. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. able to like to like navigate themselves. Well, even, I know it's like didn't it's get not arrested. like didn't you know <laughs> didn't start any fights. Oh my god! And nothing in this episode was like a threat to their lives. So like, yeah. you know, that's better than the start of uh, Hop Till You Drop with Spring and the Wood Chipper. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Also, I I, I think one. I think one week being passed is actually a very passable uh, time period. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's enough time for them to get settled on Earth, but not too long to the point where like, oh, they're ju- oh, they're just like lack, they're just being lackadaisical and lazy, and they're not they're not being urgent about the plot, you know. Right. And also, there's there's also that reference with the whole research going back to amphibia thing, which is a nice touch. Because- yeah. We well, I thought they're bringing that up like once an episode. Yeah, and they're and we are getting some plot next week, so yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah so I liked how they're still like they're and still, still doing research in the background. It's not like yes, it, it's not like she's just completely forgotten about what's happened there. And uh, oh, I like that like funny little tit like. When Anne mentions like, oh, what like what has science like or what has like what have they accomplished? And it basically like shows like the flyer where like world hunger has been solved and like diarrhea has been cured. <laughs> Which this world 
like this world seems a lot like bet maybe this world didn't have like covid if they were able to solve true those yeah. issues the spring has yeah. a mask on so who knows yeah well, the mask is just for like covering himself. Yeah, being frog. Still, it's not really a virus thing. Yeah, and I don't and like. I don't know how like, much because I know in like Japanese and Chinese culture, a lot of people in the city wear masks. Right, because but, of yes, pollen. Not pollen. just like. And, and, yeah, not just pollen. air pollution. Also, uh, like I think SARS that really. Yeah, it was a big thing. Kind of set up Japan. like a habit. And also, week six, I'm not sure the extent to which that applies to Thai culture. We'll have to bug one of the Thai people in the server at some point. And also in Japan, there's like they have a pollen season, and like a lot of people in Japan are like allergic to pollen, so that's why they wear masks too. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know how much of that is applicable to relevant Thai to Thai. Yeah, but like I guess what I'm saying is. Good for them to have a mask lying around. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like Nick, what were you, what were your thoughts on uh, this episode? Like, I know you're probably gonna talk about like talk about like the ending moment. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It was just I'm I'm gonna try and avoid that just because I don't want to like I don't want to like make us focus too much on the end. I'll, I'll go into that later, but it is okay. Yeah, yeah. really like, one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Like right now, like it's just it's so nice, but um. Just to focus on everything else happening. Yeah, I really did enjoy... Like, I just have gone to Stanley Montage. I fucking love that. It came... I did not expect us to ever get some kind of flashback like this for the planters. Like, it was just... I don't even know what to say about it, but it was just fucking hilarious. But, um... Well, let me just go on to the episode overall. I think... Yeah, I agree with you. That. I think this... I think this overall, this is a better episode compared to, um... Uh, because I feel like this one really just relies on the dynamic between the planters and well, that's never failed us yet. Like they all bounce off of each other really well, and it's just great seeing how they work together and how they're you know how they they really are getting used to being on Earth here, right? Like they're they're definitely. I think right now it's more like they're accidentally getting into trouble rather than like just rushing into trouble like they were last week, right? And hopefully a drop like they quite literally would go towards the trouble, but here it's just. You know, it just came their way, and they found they found their own ways to manage it. I mean, oh, something I really liked at the beginning of the episode, right? Um, they noticed the fire, right? Like, there's the fire alarm that goes off in the kitchen that brings Mister Boonjoy back in there. Then they then they see um, then they see Domino playing with a ball of yarn. I like the fact that like those two things sort of come back by the end of the episode, really, right? Like that shows right. they're really adapting to this. That this was they're really adapting to Earth, and it's just. Yeah, I really appreciate that su- sort of like subtle growth right there. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely call it growth. I think just I like how the crew, like just, they they usually set things up in the beginning of the episode and comes back in the end, but it's not like, too it's not too obvious. Yeah, like Hop Hop does the little beep thing getting onto the bus, which shouldn't have worked. That's right. not how the card scanners work. But, because you use the same catchphrase. Oh, I will. The coffee thing again. <laughs> when he was first getting on the bus, he did the thing where he imitated the beep with his croak. Oh, I didn't uh, even notice. Oh, that explains why he did. Oh, I, I, I did not. Which, I didn't that's not that how the card swipe thing works. Like the bus driver should have noticed. But like that's a nice setup for later on. I think it's a nice callback to Quirler's Pass when Hop Pop and Polly also have a talent. Not Hop Pop and Spring and Polly have a talent for impersonation. Yes. And that we see oh, okay, yeah. similar 
talent for imitating electronic noises for some reason. Well, like, I think the planters have a talent or, like, impressions. Uh, impression, yeah. Impersonating voices. But I think HP is the only one that they can actually do sound effects. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Do you mind if I just say it into my... Yeah, like yeah go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the setup. I like them sort of going through the city. The, the scene at the vet was fun. The cute little subplot with the real-life frog and Sprig releasing it. Um, like I said, I, I liked how Sprig at the beginning felt a little more secure than Hot Pop because he felt like he was part of the family because of what had happened in Typhoon. That's nice continuity. Uh, I thought Sprig and, po Sprig and Polly being sort of the voices of reason makes sense. They trust the adults. They trust the Moon Toys. But since they're a little younger, they don't feel the same sense of obligation Hot Pop does. Yeah, I, I like the episode. Uh, Polly finding the possum. That was hilarious. When she finds the possum behind the dumpster, it's like, you think Anne will tell the difference? That was a lot of fun. As much as she drags it off later. Yeah, and yeah. Like, hey, her face is frozen in a whore, and she's excited the bus is dirty. She's just happy. She's living in this city. She likes it. But yeah, like, going back to Hop Up, like, I really love how it was like exactly this is what exactly what I wanted from Hop Hop like early on season three like way back at the end of like season two to avoid the responsibilities but at the same time looking for something to do yeah exactly and, and like feeling an an anxious about it as well yeah like I, I didn't even think about that yeah like it, it this is really weird for him right like not to be burdened by so many responsibilities not like starting for a yeah. fan, not the yeah. Oh, but I just said that. I was the. Did anyone go like, "What the fuck?" When Hop Hop like said they've only been here for two days, like for a second, that made me. Yeah, I did. I was like, I was like, what? I was like, oh my god, what? And when Spring corrected him, I was like, oh, thank God. He said that confused me so much. I was like, what? Oh, there's no way, right? Like, like there's no way. Really? He was like, no, Hop Hop. Actually, we've been here for a week. He was like, what? Like this lots of shit. What? Man, I just love the fact that then we segued into the Stanley montage. Like, Tim, that was just great. Like, I was just laughing the whole time when they threw him out a fucking window to cry. Like, like imagine what they would have done if Anne, if she didn't, like, if she didn't even try to help at least a bit. Like, how long would she have lasted with them? Probably not long, right? Maybe Dude. a couple of days after Cousin Stanley? No way. It was, yeah. That's what Cousin Stanley gets. Yeah. Yes, Stanley was basically what happened to Stanley was basically the uh, contingency contingency plan for Anne. Oh, <laughs> she got man. out of line. I will say, um, cousin Stanley's design reminds me of Billy Dilly in the worst way possible. Because I hated that model. What Billy Dilly? I know what you mean. What, what, you was know it, what Billy I mean? Dilly subterranean something. Yeah, it was some yeah. crappy Disney XD show that lasted like. Yeah, he has the hair. 14 days. Yeah, it was like, I remember I watched that during this. Yeah, Billy Dilly. Jesus Christ. I know what you mean. Let me screenshot this. Let me set it in. I got it. I got it. 
Oh my god. Yeah, you see? 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 Billy Dilly. Literally. It's atrocious. Bad Billy. That Billy Dilly. He has the hair. My god. He has the hair. I honestly forgot about that show. Even though I'm I'm I pride myself as like a cartoon historian. I didn't remember the show at all. This is infamous infamous. This is an infamous show, dude. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember watching that for the time. I remember watching that when it was airing. I don't know, because my standards were low back then or something, but, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, he does look, Stan, Cousin Stanley does look like him. God. No, but, oh, he was painting himself orange? Like, yeah, what, 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 what was he even called? Planter Orange. Like, that was so creepy. Who is this guy? He just showed up there. Like, he did, oh, man. Oh, I'm kind of glad he got thrown out like that. Like, this was probably just some <laughs> random creeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Stanley scene was just... it was just gold right there. Like, it was hilarious. And also the hair and the hair and actually before I keep going, my thoughts, uh Pixels, what were your thoughts on this segment? It was a great episode. I love the use of environment that the planners use for each problem. The bus, yeah. it was fun. Uh, I liked the fire alarm scene a lot. It was clever because Hop Hop was pretty was had a quick thing on his feet. Uh, the cats, uh, I mean, that's how cats are. Let's be honest. <laughs> They'll be the most annoying. It's cousin Stanley. Um, yeah, cousin Stanley. That's what cousin Stanley gets. <laughs> But that that cousin Stanley scene was hilarious. There, you could tell the pain they were in by that by the when they were transported back to the tree and the leaves going leaves going away. Like that was hilarious to me. Yeah, like the cutaway gag itself had its like own like cutaway gag. <laughs> like yeah, its own cutaway gag. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wow, we're going full full family guy now, huh? But better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah family guy, but better. Episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh and, my god! Like you could tell, like the crew was like channeling so much like resentment over like these kinds of like guest visits. Oh yeah. Like, wait, I'm trying to look up the the quote in the screenshots. The woman. It's like we just resented him a little more each day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, they're, like their eyes getting bloodshot. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! That was great. <laughs> Um, yeah. I liked um, how, and they were uh, holding hands. They're holding hands too, trying to block the door. Strong together. Strong together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Nick! Oh my god! Oh my goodness, Lewis! It's Ang Boonchoy from Amphibia. Oh my god! <laughs> this is gonna confuse who can't see. Um, but anyway, I, I liked how Domino went to a shawarma shop. Like, you've been raised in a Thai household. How do you wind up in a shawarma cat? Mm-hmm. And uh, several of the background, to jump topics completely, several of the background characters were we'd seen before. The bada bing, bada boom lady from Hop Q Drop was at the yeah. vet looking for mail. Uh, the Karen, whose name was actually Emily, she was standing on the street as they were driving through in Thai Feud. One of the guys who was handing the television was um, on the bus or in the shop. I forget where. 
Oh, and the same thing with the, the the lady with like the blue shirt and the oh, baby. Oh yeah, that shows one of the moms. So yeah, they're reusing um, characters. Which, uh, all right, L.A. is a big city. Less of a chance of that than in Wartwood. But if it's all in the same neighborhood of L.A., I think. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I, I just really like, like that touch. Yeah, it, it feels like they're bringing life to this place, and I yeah, I really enjoyed that. The fact that you can sort of like catch the fact that we've seen some of these characters in early episodes. I really, I mean, I don't know if they're doing that hundred percent intentionally, but I, I really do like that. I think it's just to save the budget. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. I also noticed there's like the same male voice. There's like the same male voice for a lot for a lot of the characters. Like, yeah. like, like, I'm okay with that. Is it uh, Kevin Michael Richardson? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what voice actors. I'm just gonna say yes. <laughs> but. Uh, Lemur, what are your thoughts on uh, Adventures in Cat Sitting? Uh, honestly, I think uh, besa- I think behind Turning Point, I think this might be my favorite season three episode so far. Uh, it, it's like uh, it, this episode reminds me of like um, Anne versus Wild in a way because like. It's not. It's. I mean, sure. It's not necessarily plot driven, but for what it's trying to do, <laughs> look. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, though. Like, from what I said, honestly, from what it's trying to do, I think it did everything that like it sets out to do very well. Like, like again, well, the again, it's very cool to see the planters having their own adventure without Anne. It's a treat that we're probably never we're, we're probably never getting out of an episode like this again. So getting it out of the way now in an episode like this is great. Um how what else? Yeah. The 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 you know, the of course the opening montage that you guys have been talking about for a bit. I really like that a lot. Um the little the Little bit when Mrs. Boonjoy and Anne going to the dentist, it's fun too. Well, and it's also weird that uh, Domino is kind of like it, the title is like dedicated to her, but like <laughs> it's she's like the least involved character in, in this entire episode. <laughs> but I don't know, like the, the entire journey of the planters, um. It, it's just it's just a lot of fun. I really liked it very much. Um, from it's nice to see the planters finally getting used to LA after being stuck in a week. I also like how they're trying to do their best to you know take back with the family, which. Which which just lead to the ending. I but I think we're gonna discuss that as its own segment for later. But for now, I don't know. Like, despite not really have, despite not really having a lot to say, I just enjoyed this episode a lot because, like I said, it did a lot of things right. Despite doing, despite aiming, despite aiming, um. A lot aiming a few goals. Like yeah, it's again, it's not really plot heavy, but from a character stand from a characterization and writing standpoint, 
I don't think any episode in season three has done that well as Adventures in Cat Sitting. Okay, thank you, Lemur. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I just liked how this episode was more focused on the planners. I also liked that quick, uh, the heron scene where, like, the planners look like are absolutely traumatized by it. And even, like, oh. the shot we get in the beginning where, like, they, they make the heron look intimidating before just, like, it's like this. It's like the same one from the from the flash from amphibias, and like the same one from Hop Pop's flashback too. Like the the same outline with like the teeth, and then it just like yeah. goes back to like a normal size heron. Although the beak's closed, so we can't like see the teeth anymore. But so I guess yeah, we can I... talk. We can talk about the. Uh... We can talk more about the ending. I, I think we kind of brought it up a little bit in the yeah. beginning and in the yeah, middle just, of a tie we're feud. We're, we're I just gotta go. Ending where Anne's like high on drugs or like the <laughs> Mr. Oh. Boonjoy moment. Yes. Uh, I was talking about the, the Anne high on drugs because uh, her talking about Domino being the Alpha and the Omega uh, is uh, I'm, I, I'm 105% sure that is night lore. Like, I mean, it sounds aww. like it. I, I, I was thinking it too. I was thinking it. I feel like everyone in the mom would just think it. Really? Wait, wait, wait. Nick, I wasn't serious. I wasn't serious. Oh, no, I know. Like, I know. Come on. I know. Like, I, know but like, I, I would like. Uh, okay. I know, I'm feel, no, I actually feel like. I, I Let's really be real here. here. Come I thought on. you guys are. I thought you guys are being. I thought you guys are overthinking this stuff again. <laughs> I said I was 105% sure, Lieber. Like. But like, it's like, it's like, it's like, are one in the same. They've been the same person the whole time. Oh my gosh. That's the twist. Angsty fan art. They'll lose an arm and they'll die. Boom. Like, Anne will lose an arm and then just like reveal herself to be Hop Up. Like, with like, two sticks as feet and arm. Two, <laughs> like, <laughs> two, two sticks for the, like, for the limbs. And then, it's like, Hop- I don't know, two springs for the arms. It's Hop Pop's <laughs> long lost sister. The author of the journals. The Mr. author P. of the journals. It's Dr. P, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, but but okay, aside from safe. Anne being loopy, yeah, like. Let's that, talk about Mr. Boonchoy. That's very funny, but let's talk about the real emotional climax of the episode yes yeah it kind of it kind of gives the uh the planners their their due with like how i mean there's no pretty much just like even Anne in the new normal brought up how the planners looked after her but it was nice to see like mr boon try bring it up as well like that that kind of uh like when you look back at new normal and even actually yeah mostly new normal since he wasn't as like uh, as he didn't make as he wasn't as uh, he didn't appear as often as in uh, Hop Till You Drop. So this segment, the one, the previous one, and New Normal, you kind of understand why Mr. Boonchoy has been very. Uh, uh, he's been a lot more like accepting of the planners rather than Mrs. Boonchoy, who's just been a little bit more like 
at arm's length. Yeah, and like Mr. Bootshoy is like the only person that actually like tries to accommodate the planters. He gives them food. He gives them drinks too. Like in the beginning of the episode. Like, I mean, yeah, like, also Mrs. Boonchoy, like, gave him breakfast in Thai food, but yeah, like, Mr. Yeah, Bo- true, like, like, the episode, like, made, like, went out of its way to show, like, Mr. Boonchoy, like, being very, like, welcoming to the planners in the beginning of the segment. Yeah, so I liked that, that minor... But you're right. Yeah, like, I like that minor detail that they put in this, at the start of the episode. Just, like, it, it kind of, like, this wasn't like the main meat of the episode, but it's just it was a nice detail that they put the star in the end just to make that scene at the end a little less out of place. So like when you look back you can kind of see like where like what the what direction they were taking. Yeah, I think I think that also brings up more differences to Mr. and Mrs. Boojoy's characters too. Like I we brought that like previously, but like yeah, this ep- this episode and that scene in particular definitely show a lot about who Mr. Bujo is as a character. Respect yeah. him a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, ah, because you guys are so right about that. Just literally, just like Ty Few, the Avengers and Cats hitting it sets up Mr. Bujo's character yeah. and how he views the planters right now. Yes. I just, I really love that yeah. scene at the end there because it's it's not just. It's not just like a really strong character moment for Mr. Boonchoy, but it's also just it just gives respect to like the two seasons of, of development that we had between the planters and Anne. Like I just really love that scene for that. Like it's like you and could, yeah, they oh go ahead, go ahead. And no respect to Owen Braley, but like you can just the performance Brian and I forget his last name. It was like you can lot. just feel the relief he felt. Knowing that, like, his daughter had a roof over her head and was getting food regularly. Like, you can feel the relief and thankfulness he has for the planters from that performance. They even helped her mature more. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what, and, like, what, what like, did he say? Like, you will never owe us anything, yeah, ever. And, like, and I, very I, firm on that. And he, he was, he, and he's still just worried about Anne, and he's just, it's great. Um, uh, Honestly, the only thing that would have probably that was missing personally for me is that Mr. Brawley saying thank you, but I think they're I saving mean, that for later. Or yes. they don't need that, or they don't need to say thank you because they're already doing that. I mean, Mr. Buncho is already doing that by accommodating the planters in the first place. Uh, then they're crying faces. <laughs> like, that's, that's basically how I felt. Hearing him say that, that oh, it's just, it, I think it's just hands down one of my favorite amphibious scenes ever. Like, I just love every single moment of that. Like, I, I love the fact that he's, that he's so willing to help these, like, you know, to help it the It was a sunset. Yeah, and the sunset. It was everything just it made sunset scenes. so great. Yeah, they actually, yeah, they do that a lot, don't they? Yeah. Everything, wow, everything just... Oh. Everything they put into the scene just brought it all together for me. Like I, I just loved every single moment of it. Well, yeah, Having yeah. him like genuinely care for them, respect them, like have respect for them for doing all this stuff for Anne. Like I, I love that. You have to remember that the planters are just low life farmers. Like they've been yeah. disrespected for like most of their lives. 
and disappointment. So having that grateful, so having someone give them gratefulness because of the things that they did, is kind of indicating for them in a way as a family. Man, when you put it like that, that's even more heartwarming. <laughs> like it's, it's so nice. Ah. Mm-hmm. Also, I I just I just love Mr. Moonchoy showing gratefulness. Like again, that's very rare for cartoon dads or dads in general, I guess. I mean, yeah, we don't we don't even see dads <laughs> on screen in like Disney media. <laughs> true, yeah, true, we don't. true, true. Man. I mean, with the exception of like Bill Green, yeah, who's yeah. another, that's another, another farmer, another, farming chat. Another, yeah, another top tier fodder character. Yeah, pickle for every time a Disney Channel show. He didn't go get the milk. He, he makes the milk himself. Grow as a character while also eventually getting along with an Anaconda voice character. I have mm-hmm. two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird it happened twice. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, just that Great. final scene is just just so good. Like you said, it's validating the planners. And I like Hop Pop was very much the main this was a planner ensemble episode that was very much focused on Hop Pops. He was the one who was concerned about being a freeloader. He was the driving sort of leader of the group. Yeah. And like he's also the one who took in Anne. Like Anne was like a cool new friend for Sprig and Polly. But she was like another mouth to feed, another person to worry about for Hop Pop. So after this episode full of him being concerned, the validation of them taking an Anne was especially for him. And just a nice statement of like just how fundamentally good it was that he took her in, which like we all sort of just brush over that because it's the premise of the show. But like, that's a big thing he did. And like yeah, even for it. yeah, even in King Crazy, he like brings up how he has to like feed and like he has to feed and, and look like, after Anne. Friends to kick her out, but he's not going to do it. He just you know. Yeah, and he was never going to kick her out anyways. Like it's just right. he's too good for that. Like it's too nice. Oh he yeah, even even too nice. And even after like Mr. Boonjoy says like. Gives like says his piece like hop up says thank you and then like Mr. Boonshoy like thanks him back like what does he say exactly uh no thank you or something oh so he does say thank no. you yeah like oh, yeah oh yeah he did I just, I I think I'm I'm I might just be blocking out stuff it it has been a long day <laughs> yeah like Mr. Boonshoy still like one up hop ups thanks yeah <laughs> oh. I was I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah, like this episode. I think this episode reaffirms like the dynamic that with the planter family. Like for for the past episodes, like Anne is the one looking out for the planters, but now Anne is gone. Like it's nice to see Hop Up taking the reins once again, reestablishing that old family dynamic that we used to know like in the past two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, like Hop Pop's like taking a lead. Yeah. Again. It's like I think even we haven't really seen Hop Pop take a 
because throughout season one, like Hop-Up's the, care- the caretaker. Season two, Hop-Up was the one who helped, like, who pretty much organized the trip to Newtopia. So in, in season two B, pretty much all of that, like, since it's the Temple Quest, that was beyond Hop-Pop's, uh, like, expertise. So he pretty much yeah. had to take a back seat in terms of uh, being, like, the go-to uh, figure for, like, guidance or, like, direction. Oh, yeah, true. So this is probably, like, the first, like, time where it's, like, back to him. It has and been I a guess... while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, I think the last time that we've seen him in, like, in control is, like, from Night Drivers to After the Rain. After the Rain. And then most of that is, like, it's either Marcy is in the, is in the helm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much Marcy is, like, in the helm of that because it is the Temple right, Quest. Right, for the Temple so Quest. Like, yeah. And, like, again, true colors happen, and, like, everything is under his control. So, like, yeah, this is the first time we've seen Hop-Up be in control once again, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, and he barely got a, dude, barely got a yeah. manager, right? Like, uh, it was freaking yeah. Polly just, like, went against him almost. Well, not immediately, but they eventually did. But mm-hmm. no, I, I really did like that, though, you know? Like, Sprig and Polly, like, they're, they're finding it easier to, like, rely and, like, you know, on Ant's family. So I think that that is showing that they are getting closer. And yeah, like, yeah, like th- these, like these, t- like these two episodes, like they did, they did a great job at having the Boon Choys and the Planters get closer to one another, but also just showing the differences between Mrs. Boon Choy and Mr. Boon Choy, right? Like I- I'm specifically, I'm just how they feel about the Planters. Like, I feel like a lot of Mrs. Boon Choi's actions are feel by her doing this for Anne, right? Like, I, I think, yeah, like, she, they, they, they are very, they are very, like, feel by her doing this for Anne. While Mr. Boon Choi, like, he, he just can't help but feel thankful for their presence, right? Like, he's, he's just extremely grateful for everything they managed to do for Anne. So I think, like, that's really what, yeah, while they have gotten closer, I still feel like that's really what we're left with right now so I, i'm, I'm very a, excited to see what's going on next there's also there, this might be speculation but this there's might be also that part of like mrs Boonshoy who still feels guilty that she's like she 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 had her daughter missing for five months not knowing what happened to her and then all of a sudden she came back but she came back with a group of frogs who basically stand as her family. These are the frogs that, like, these frogs basically took her role as a parent. And, like, that might be something that is, like, my, that she can't really let go yet. I don't think they're, may, they may, I don't think they're gonna address that, but I do think it could be an interesting direction for her character when it comes to her relationship to the planters and another, another route on making the planters and the boot choice be a whole family. I no, I do yeah, think that, yeah, that that's a good point because oh, oh go ahead, I, Nick. I, I do notice that it's it's um specifically like Mrs. Bintroy that's handling like in all the responsibilities of Anne, right? Like she's the one who had to take Anne to the vet. She's the one who's like who's tried to make sure that Anne's brushing her teeth properly, combing out her hair. Like yeah. it's it's sort of what and mentioned back in Hopping Mall, right? Because, like, Mrs. Boontroy, she was definitely the more strict parent. The one always trying to make sure that Anne was acting proper and cordial. So I think, like, yeah, I, I really do think it connects back to what you're saying, Labor. Like, yeah, just the idea that she's, yeah, like, she's trying to make up for, like, because I feel like, in a way, this is sort of 
how Mrs. Boontoy shows her love, right? Like, like being like being a like you know you, you know be, being a mom who makes sure her daughter is all right all the time, right? Like, makes sure her daughter's just doing fine and keeping up what she needs to, like a dental hygiene. So I think like. I think, yeah, it really is her trying to make up for lost time in a way. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah that's why I feel like what you said makes sense. I, think, I do feel I think, like, sorry. I feel like with the way we got, the way that we got Mr. Boon Choice, like, seen here with the planners, like, that kind of, like, emotion that we got here, I feel like whatever, whatever they're setting up for, I feel like they're setting something up with between Anne and May Boon Choi that might happen in Ant's Terminator where Temple like, Frog. Which does or, or Temple Frogs. But like right. I, I feel like Ant's Terminator is like shaping up to be possibly the episode where like the truth yeah. comes out. And I feel like maybe the show might want to keep the focus more between like Anne and her mom. I, yeah, I guess I feel, because yeah. keeping it keeping it between those two might be make the scene more like emotional, rather than like having the mom having Mrs. Boonchoy and then Mr. Boonchoy just being like some kind of like side on, but <laughs> which 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 isn't which isn't ideal. But like, I think it, it would make sense just to have Anne focus on the relationship with the mom later on in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm, since I'm, like I'm, that was like a big point of like contention in season two. I I think yeah I'm, also, I'm yeah I'm feeling that too. Well, so, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah, let's go. Well, I was gonna say like I think it also makes sense. I think it now also makes sense why Mister Boonchoy isn't really mentioned a lot by Anne because he he like her her his her relationship with her dad is actually kind of like casual and more chill like like. Again, we I think we already know that Mr. Boonchoy isn't that isn't isn't as strict as her mom, but seeing Mr. Boonchoy be more grateful and more more receptive and more like more willing to show gratitude and like emotion than her mom, I think it makes sense. I think it also makes I thought I I'm I'm tripping. What I'm trying to say is like it now makes more sense why Anne isn't as isn't as it doesn't really talk that much about Mr. Boonchoy about her about her mom because she really doesn't have a lot of problems with her dad because for the most part they're pretty chill. Like you saw that even that like in the beginning type beard, like Mr. Boonchoy Mr. Boonchoy and Anne were playful with one another. They they don't really they All right. He did. He didn't. He didn't ask her to do anything. They just play along, and I didn't think that's great. I, that's positive. That's a positive relationship between a daughter and a father. That's great. You can also make yeah, that connection. To, I was gonna say hopping mall with Anne. What Anne buying that, getting that butterfly thing for her mom, like. Yeah. Yeah, that's gotta come back. Like, <laughs> she better not forget that. She better not forget that. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm betting on the fact that it still connects to the fact that Anne's 
not quite ready to settle down with them, right? Like, I feel like, yeah. I don't yeah, know, maybe, maybe this is me forcing the idea, but like, it's just the I'm... fact that this is still sort of a pit stop for me. I feel like that's what we, that's what we shouldn't forget. Like, yeah, these are her parents, but she's not quite yet the, she's not quite yet ready to mingle or really, because it, it's not over. Like, this, she still has unfinished business she needs to handle back in the video. Like, right, right now, she's just so bad. It's just, right now, it's just, and, I'm not going to say playing along, but, like, yeah, she's, yeah, she is here. She's happy to see her parents, but, like, they are her main priority, I feel like. Like, they aren't her, her top priority right now, because she has a ton of stuff she needs to take care of before, you know, she can really just so. say she's ready to be here at home. So I feel like maybe at some, maybe, maybe when they're all on the same page, maybe that's when we'll see the butterfly, because I feel like that's what, what it will at least symbolize. I mean, because, I mean, that, that was her original intention with the butterfly, right? Like, yes. when, she, when they finally, you know, get back, when they finally find a way back home, she'll give the butterfly to them. But, like, here, she was abruptly sent back home. Like, she, she had, like, no intention to get home back in true colors. So, I feel like that's sort of what's going on here. But, well, I mean, she had an intention to go home. But, but like, she wasn't emotionally ready yet. Yeah, she wasn't yes. ready. Like, she wasn't, like, it's ready for that. Inspired that made it difficult for her to. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and, and, like, and what. And uh, it has been mentioned multiple times. Like, she, there are multiple times where Anne being gone for five months has been mentioned. And like, Mrs. Bunjoy wants to think that it's all over. Like, everything is fine and she's home. So the adventure is over. But it's not. And that's going to be a conflict that would definitely pop up eventually once we get. Into the nitty gritty of yeah. the season. Yeah, okay. like we're, we're getting there. We're definitely we're Maybe, getting there next week. Probably, on. probably, and Terminator or Temple Frogs with the whole dragonfly. Yeah, Temple Frogs. Maybe not the reveal. Yeah, maybe not the reveal, but like, but like the, the precipice. Like it's the precursor to what. Maybe happen. some sort of breakdown from the parents about how long she's been gone. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think we pretty much covered everything. Did we? Uh I, I think so. Yeah, I think we went over everything. Yeah. So I think we can talk about the the cartoon universe panel that happened last week. Uh, yeah. Happened the day after recording. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> uh, like, can you just go over the summary? Because honestly, yeah, I I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up. So basically, yeah. So basically, what happened was that the the main takeaway was things will get cosmic with Sasha, according according to Anna Kana, which Matt like. Yep. Apparently, for Sasha specifically, but then like Matt kind of <laughs> shut things down before we can learn more. Uh, we're okay, going to see actually something I didn't I didn't know. Okay. We'll go on. So Andrus's history will be like touched upon like a little bit. We don't know to what extent. But Matt did mention that like later on that he wanted to see that if he had more time, he would have wished to see see more of Andrus's uh world, which was basically like pre uh like just the golden age of Amphibia. Okay. So, so, 
so that kind of indicates that we're going to see like at least like Actually, we're gonna get like a taste of it. Twenty-two minute yeah, flashback hopefully. episode, please. <laughs> Twenty-two. Please. Give me a half-hour flashback episode, please, Matt. Please. Froggy little Christmas. Yeah, but we wish it, we saw more. So. And like Andrews kind of needs that kind of like episode because like he was introduced like nearly nearly halfway into the show's life and then we kind of didn't see him too much in season two until like the end so like we kind of like it'd be nice to get the the show has been definitely like teasing that whatever happened between andrews and his friends it didn't like it wasn't some sort of like upfront disagreement it was something that like andrews like felt very betrayed by and that kind of like still stuck with him for like literally a millennium a millennia yeah, literally his entire his entire character right now <laughs> this literally feels like i'm being salty because of a breakup like, i love i love that I, I just love how simple his character is and i think that's just like why andrews is just Definitely is one of my favorite amphibia characters. Maybe, maybe top five, top three, somewhere out there. No, but sorry, keep going. I interrupted you. No, no worries. And uh, Matt mentioned that there's a lot of season one elements that return in season three in a gratifying way, especially when it comes to uh, 3B. Love there's some fun. There's some fun stuff coming back. Family Shrub Bunker Family is Shrub. coming back, yes. baby. Let's, Please, go. let's go. Bring that back. Bring that back. Yeah. Uh. Grime and Sasha are going to be heavily featured in 3B. That's it. Uh, I don't care about it that much, honestly. Grime will be paired with a character in a later episode, which is very funny. Uh, and more Yunnan. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think it's. I think that's a pretty good. It's well, just interesting if Grime and Sasha are going to be heavily featured. Like that does I, I just, set. Yeah, yeah, that. I was just, I was just joking about the whole Grime. And, I don't care about. Grime oh and yeah, Sasha no, no, no. We know. We know. We know. But yeah, I think, I, I think it just, it does sort of give you the idea. I mean, maybe we're getting. I think I still think we're probably going to get back to Amphibian season three B, but I think it might happen like sooner than we think. Because they're saying like heavily featured, right? Like that. That's telling me, like, I probably almost never single episode. Yeah, I don't... I think Sasha may wind up a bit like Marcy did in two... Like, remember, Marcy showed up halfway through season 2A, but she was in, like, three episodes total. Like, for most of the Newtopia arc, she wasn't interacting with Anne. Yeah. It was only in 2B that she really entered the main cast. Right. I think we may see a similar dynamic with Sasha. Yeah, because I think... Yeah, I mean, that, that's... Unfortunately, yeah, that, yeah. That, that is the best way to get more screen time. You have to be near Anne, so I think, yeah, I'm thinking, like, I'm not sure. I wait, oh, can we, can we talk about the, oh, wait, shoot, wasn't there a promo that released this week? For, I think, I swear I had, like, footage of, like, fighting the museum. Oh, um, oh, oh that yeah, promo. yeah we, didn't have, we didn't have time to talk about it in, the, in last week's recording. Or did we oh. talk about it? No, I, I think it no, came I after. Think so. I think it might have came after. Yeah. I think it might have came, yeah. like. Let, let, let me see if I have the video, but I could have sworn there was, um, there was yeah, we got a lot of museum. yeah. There, there was a pot that Polly was carrying, and it looks like the music box being passed down to ancient Egyptians or something. Like, I think it was oh. something like that. Wait, was what? Like, wait, wait, wait. Let, let, let me go grab it. Let me go grab it. I remember, 
remember the bucket? Bro, yeah, the yeah, bucket. Well, it's always Polly with the big lord. Polly's always at it with the big lord. Polly with the golden bucket. Oh Polly's my god. It is coming back. Since the beginning just hasn't told anyone. We <laughs> <laughs> denied, and, and I'm here to destroy Earth. She's just like, well, yeah, duh, I knew you had superpowers. You just never asked me. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, and I know about the Polly, music box. Like Polly's gonna look at the night and be like, "Oh yeah, I remember you." <laughs> hey, yeah, what's up? How's it been? Hey, <laughs> hey, Chris. I just I knew about your biggest darkest secret, and no one told me. No one asked me about it. And that's funny. Um, going back to the top. Yeah. So, uh, should we talk? What's what's what bullet point should we talk about first? I, I'll be honest, I don't, like, all of this is very nice, like, we talked about Sasha, and the little promo stuff is nice, but none of it is truly revealing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, none of this stood out the way season three trailer did for me. Wait, are we talking about the, that promo? No, just in general, that I... Like all the information we got? Let's discuss it, but I don't think there's... A lot to a discuss. Lot. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess mostly what we can say is like, maybe it's just speculation, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah speculation like I did about Sasha. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just general stuff. Not, hey, general, general you then. Yeah, but general stuff, not really much... Uh, not really giving way to for a speculation. But I am interested about the cosmic stuff with Sasha. I thought it's gonna be like season three in general, but Sasha super in particular power, is super power. Sasha in particular. Sasha. Being, I was gonna say things getting cosmic with with Sasha specifically is something that I didn't know. I think I overlooked that when we're when we're when I'm rating this. Yeah, I, I had to edit just, the quote. <laughs> I yeah, I thought it I I legit thought like I swear it said before, like things will get cosmic in season three. Oh no brain, yeah. but see yeah, I, I had to, I had to correct that because um yeah, it, it, yeah when Anna Connor was talking, she's she went like, Yeah, Sasha's gonna have a lot of fights. She there she's gonna she does a lot of yelling. Oh, and things will get cosmic, but I'm gonna leave it at that. Like like it, she meant specifically for Sasha, so I'm t- I'm thinking like, yeah, that, that sort of confirms we're getting super forms. Thank Sasha God. I'm, I'm, I'm Sasha, Sasha's going to have four arms, boys. I, Let's I'm, I'm go. Glad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad all the deniers ended up being wrong. Like, months of people telling like, me that she's going to get a super form. Like, nah, that's that, I mean, like, if, you, if you're if you denying that, that Sasha and Marcy are getting their, like, superpowers, like, that would be stupid. That's just dumb. <laughs> you're just stupid if you think I you're mean, not getting any powers. Uh, there are dumber theories out there. I mean, true, like Sasha losing an eye, but still. And and don't forget our very own. No, there aren't any superpowers. The eye glows are metaphors. Last. Season. <laughs> uh yeah, true. Okay, no, Nick, I love you, I'm girl. looking at, like Nick, I'm looking at that screenshot you sent. It looks like, it kind of looks like the pink frog. Yeah, the, the music box. box. Yeah, like that's what I was thinking. Like they, they, she brought over ancient Egyptians, like. 
it, so I'm thinking like I, I I didn't think what specifically fighting museum could give us, but like it, it's t really giving us the idea that yeah, is maybe it, the music box is greatly tied to human history in some way. I can't tell. It, it's just like, sort of shaped like it. Like it, it can't be as like, shaped like a frog. And then yeah, like the head just makes me think like pink. And actually, I don't think those are Egyptians. Yeah, it looks like Vikings. Which actually, actually. actually. Oh, actually, okay. And that ago, might make more sense with the timeline. A thousand years ago, that's... Oh. A thousand, 1020, that's Viking Age. Okay, yeah, you're right about that's that. still Viking Age yeah. in Europe. Like Interesting. Um, no, I don't... I say this not really knowing my Viking archaeology. That doesn't super look like Viking art. But, you know... We'll see. We'll see you next week. It's I I hadn't noticed that before. No one I hadn't seen anyone bring this up, but yeah, this could this could be lots of interesting things. This is this is gonna be this is this might just be our sleepover for season three, huh? Maybe. Maybe and it might I keep I say this out every week so far I've said, Alright, next week they might introduce the FBI agents. And this might be it. This like, might be maybe, it. A museum maybe, <laughs> yeah, might be in the end, like as a stinger. Yeah, but yeah, I think we're in for a lore episode and some sort of deep emotional episode with temple frogs this week. So, like, also, yeah, actually, Uzbeks, you brought a good point because if if fight at the museum is like the lore heavy episode, <laughs> that would probably feel more like. That would probably like make more sense if it was like the second segment and ending the episode off on that. But then yeah. if they decide not to do that, then maybe Temple Frogs has something like that offers us a little bit more uh in terms of maybe like the overall story of the show or like emotional yeah. impact. Um, I'm I'm thinking of like an Andrew's cameo in some form. Like like more plot, but like the plot plot with like Andrew's is intriguing. Maybe someone should do something with that. I'm also thinking about like the, if I'm also thinking about fighting museum like if if that jar is related to amphibia history with the blocks and all, then Doctor Jan just becomes even more interesting because that means that she knows about the history of the blocks. Or, or she could just be a random docent at the museum they're robbing. Yeah, but like she's a curate curator, though. Like she should know about the history of this like old artifacts and stuff. I mean, she should know about the history, but she might not understand the full significance of it. Yeah, yeah like, until until those little until, until like until, talking talk show up and she's like, yeah, hey, until hey, Sprig, you look an awfully like lot like this person on this jar. You want to explain that, kid? Yeah. It yeah, wasn't until, the, yeah. It wasn't until like they this young teenage girl and her three frog friends decided to go to a to the museum and check out stuff. That's when she realized that there's something <sighs> going on with with the with the gem. Don't forget the evil robot. Yeah, we're getting yeah, two back to back. Oh, don't forget that too. So yeah. Like, no, I, I just wanted to mention though. It's just it's just kind of interesting how like Andrews originally sent robot. Right, um, for him to be conspicuous, right, not to be noticed by any earthlings, but now, yeah, yeah, now he's sending dragonflies, which obviously a ton of humans yeah. are going to see. It makes you think, like, I think he's getting desperate at this point yeah. because right now it's been like, 
Yeah, it's been about a week, right? I think, let's just say, I think probably by, uh, by the museum, yeah. It, it's, let's just say it's been over a week at this point, so it just makes you think, like, yeah, he expected this to be completed day one. Not, like, not for it to take so long, so I'm thinking it's making him desperate. And, and like, and he has, and then the robot hasn't come back in Utopia yet, so he knows there's something wrong going on in Earth. Maybe yeah, plus he it's Cynthia Coven book. Forever to get the book. But like, then yeah, like maybe Andrew just assumes that Frobot got like wrecked, mm-hmm. and then he sends in the dragonflies and like maybe in like an exterminator. Like it's like Frobot's like him, Frobot trying to prove himself. <laughs> yeah, to his podcast, to his dad. He's like, yeah, I didn't know you yet, taller. In for beating because he still has to get. Yeah, he's getting crashed. Yeah, and also, yes. also there's gonna, gonna there's, see if Anne brings up her powers. And the humans are gonna get a lot more involved starting a fight in the museum. Doctor Jan, yeah, the FBI agents, dude. The mechanics are gonna come back. After, are gonna come in the the episode after this. Yeah, and like you know, the dozens of citizens that are going to see the dragonflies. So, LA, the citizens of LA are gonna get more involved at the main at the main story of this, and I'm very excited about it. Oh, minor minor detail. So, we've already seen like in the trailer footage with Anne. Anne's wearing her normal like her normal attire. She gets freaked out by Doctor Jan behind her. Then in the Spy of the Museum clip, we have Anne wearing like a dark shirt that was like similar to one of her old like one of the old concept art. So like unless Anne like packed in unless Anne packed like these clothes in her bag, then maybe like they go to the museum just to scout out the place and then like return back later at night to actually do the heist. Yeah. That yeah, that's that, that, that makes sense. Especially since there wasn't any direct setup in this episode. Like I was thinking maybe in cat scene they'd like pass the museum and say, Ooh, maybe one of the displays or something. Like they'd get suspicious and move on, but we, since we didn't get that, they need to be fairly efficient next episode, establishing why they want to break into the museum, and then actually getting to the plot. Thinking like maybe one of their parents just brings them there, and like they just, I'm just gonna guess they spot the. I'm just gonna guess they they see the pod. And they're like, oh wait a minute, doesn't it look like the music box or something? Like I'm just expecting to go down like that. Yeah, like the the planters and the boot chillies go to the museum to like visit and like for the planters to learn more about human history and then while they're touring they discover the pot which has the gems in the music box they got curious and they thought about you know they decided to talk about um stealing the box stealing the jar so they can learn more about learn more about it but then dr jan somehow uh got involved in that like they asked but like, i think and got, and got nervous about it thinking about it, and then Dr. Jan like, doc, Dr. Jan uh, somehow talked to Anne about it, but <coughs> Anne tried to be more, like, inconspicuous about it, so, like, they wouldn't alert her. And, like, later in the episode, they decided to go to the heist at night, which brought uh, back Frobot. Fro- Frobot tracks them, and then Dr. Jan gets involved again, because there's, like, this giant robot <laughs> trying to, like, yeah. wreck all the all the, the artifacts exhibits yes which hmm, i think cur- all right, right cur- curators do work at night too so like yeah. maybe we we won't get much box lore 
other than whatever's in the background. It'll be mostly focused on Frobot with like background lore, and then maybe Temple Frogs will give us more of or, like I mean, the just, planning. Some time. This could just be something like I don't know, the end of Anne or Wild, or the end of I think it was Lost in Utopia with the basement thing. Where like it points them in the right direction, but we're not quite there yet. And then it's another couple episodes, and then we get more of the lore. Yeah. Rock or it could take it, or it could take the sleepover route where like all the lore is in the in the, back, in the background. background. And we yeah. and it's we, mostly and focused. Spent, and we spent it's mostly like focused on the Frobo hours. fight. Yeah, and we spent six hours trying to analyze the backgrounds and how they mean or something. That would be that's gonna be fun. So I guess I think we can wrap up for tonight. Uh I guess uh, starting with Lee, any any final thoughts? Anything you want to address? Um, I think going back to the episodes overall, I think this pair of episodes are pretty good. Like, Ty Feud is solid. It has it had good characterization when it comes to Sprig and like development for Maid Bochoy and Cats and Adventures of Cat Sitting is my second favorite episode of season three so far. It is it is very very good. It tried to do. It tried to do some things, but things that they but they achieved it in such a way that it just made me impressed. Overall, a good pair. I like them. I like both of these episodes a lot. All right, thank you, Lemur. Uh, Uzbix, any final thoughts? Two very solid episodes. Um, I think one of the best in all of Amphibia in terms of just how well the two segments of a single episode synergized with each other. Um, but yes, two very good episodes. All right, thank you, Uzbix. Nick, any final thoughts? Like, just another great pairing of Amphibia, which just makes me more excited to see what's coming up next. They're really building up to something great here that I'm just really excited to see pop out right now. So, overall, Amphibia is just Amphibia season three is just going great. So, I'm happy with it. Yeah, and I and I really hope every uh everyone's enjoying season three as much as we do because it it has been great and like they're building they'll bit there are they are building something special and yeah I hope everyone enjoys the journey as much as we do. Yeah, like overall, I I enjoyed this batch of episodes. Nice seeing the planners get some time on their own without Anne, uh, and then as well as Thai food, I just liked. The like Sprig trying to figure out this family, his place in this family dynamic, and then hopefully he got what he wanted by the end. So, yeah, overall, I think it was a nice batch. And then next week, we'll be covering Fight at the Museum and Temple Frogs. So, with that, I think we can call it a night or morning. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Say goodbye. See you guys. Goodbye. Peace. See ya.